Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Anthony Callio coming up in a little bit, but first, I am joined by my good friend and frequent co-host, Felice Sloan from Urban Swank. Felice, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> uh, we have much to discuss, so let us dive right into the news of the week. Sunday was a big day in the world of Houston restaurants. It's the day the Houston Restaurant Week's website went live for the first time uh, with the menus for 2018. Woo! Grumble! Yay! As always, the event runs from August 1st until Labor Day, which this year is September 3rd. There are something like 250 participating restaurants. As of the day the menus go live, there will be more added to the website. They'll probably get closer to 300. Uh, But as always, fixed menus for lunch, brunch, and dinner. They're at $20 for lunch and brunch, $35 or $45 for dinner. And they generate donations for the food bank in the range of $3 to $7. Uh, all that adds up. It does add up. A couple I mean, years ago, they raised $2 million for the food bank. Last year, they raised $2.4 million for the food bank. Uh, this is a very, very popular annual event. Uh, and, this, you know, a lot of people plan their whole August around Houston. Oh, totally, totally. They, they plan their August. Um, I, I start laughing because I've talked to, when I've been out eating, I'm like, you're participating, right? Just trying to think about where I'm going and being strategic. People get their friends together. You know, it's a big to-do, which I think is great because you're eating for what? A great cause. Yes, dine out and do good. That's the slogan. <laughs> right, right, right. So so have you had a chance to look over the menus? Do you, do you know a couple of spots you're definitely going to hit? Definitely, yes, definitely a couple of spots. I know that I will be hitting um, International Smoke. Um, it's new, right? So, Brand new, like just opened like three weeks ago. Yeah, so that'll be a place that I'll go with my friends because I'm like, it's new, get to try it out. And I think that's a great opportunity, and that's what a lot of people do. They have their list of either new places that they want that they may not, they're scared to branch out and try, but that gives them great opportunity. So that's one. Um, definitely going to hit a mafia because it's always great, and it's a great deal. It's a great deal. They have yeah, some of my favorites on the menu. A mafia is probably one of those Italian restaurants that flies a little bit under the radar. We probably don't talk about it enough for how good it is. Right. But their HRW menu is always really solid. It's always really good, and it's it represents um some of their their classics so that's on my list and i have a couple of others but um like latab like that's you know like you, you gotta go like it's one of my favorites and why is it on my list it's a great value yeah i was looking <laughs> at the latab menu and i saw that you can pay five dollars extra to get the souffle as the dessert mm-hmm you got to do like that's not optional, right? Like, I don't care what the other dessert choices are. <laughs> You're like, pay the five extra bucks and get, and the, souffle. get the souffle, right? So those are some of the ones I'm looking forward to. What are you looking forward to? I'm, I try not to look at your list so we can talk about it on the air. <laughs> so it's organic, <laughs> a free flowing conversation. Uh, I have not been to Puccine for brunch yet. I've been for dinner and I've done a happy hour there a couple of times, uh, but I- they're doing HRW brunch. And I keep seeing pictures of those blueberry pancakes. I went yesterday. Dominic so. Lee made. <laughs> you need to go. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's on my list. Uh, I was happy to see that Emmeline is participating. Um, I went back there last week with a couple of friends, got a taste of a couple of things. But, you know, that's a restaurant that, that I've been sort of excited about. I want to go back and, and sample again. And then, you know, like I was looking at, at some of the kind of the classic-y Mm-hmm. Kind of Houston restaurants, right? Uh, three courses at Brennan's for $45 seems like a really good deal to me. That's a great deal. Uh, you know, Patente is participating again this year, and that's a that's a really elegant fine dining restaurant again, I think. You know, $45, and one of the choices is that, that fresh-made house pasta 
with the black truffles on it. You know, Ooh, yeah. that that's like a $30 dish in itself. Right, right. So to get that as part of a $45 menu is really appealing to me. Um, and, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but like I understand why B&B Butchers is the, is the top donator for each of the last two years because that's a, a restaurant that gives you a ton of choices for all three courses. And whereas most restaurants, it's like a six ounce filet or if you're lucky, an eight ounce filet. At B&B, it's a 10-ounce filet. It's a 10-ounce filet. Right? Right. And then you can pay a little extra to get like a strip or a ribeye or whatever. But, you know, if I just want like a wedge salad and a steak and a dessert, you know, I paid $47 for a filet with mashed potatoes and broccoli at Houston's last weekend. So you're going to tell me that I'm going to get three courses, including that filet, for 45 bucks at B&B Butcher's? Right. I, I'm all in on that. Right. And to throw in, that's a great deal on their dinner menu. Their lunch menu, it's it's the same thing. It's You yeah. get the the steaks, if that's what you want. It's very solid. You get a great um, amount of choices. So I agree. I agree. So, yeah, we have we have that to look forward to. And, and we'll talk about Houston Restaurant Weeks more once we get into August, once the, the list, the list sort of locks. Yeah. Uh, because I know that there's going to be more restaurants being added all the time. Uh, I saw the pass is participating. That's really interesting to me because usually that's a, a five course menu for $65. Right. So I assume it's going to be a three course menu for $45, but kind of how, how, uh, Terrence Gallivan and Sessiegel Gardner structure that, right? you know, Right, there's it definitely really some is, holes on there where if you look at the list, it says menu coming soon. Right. Menu, right. right Jonathan's the rub. The menu's not up right. yet. Uh, but the past, it's like a really elegant place to dine. Um, you know, some of the best service, like one of the prettiest like dining rooms. You know, how are they going to do that? What's that going to be like? Right. Uh, so that's something I'm sort of keeping my eye on. Yeah, I think that'll be cool. And if, you know, you want to go ahead and add it to the list and you want to take a co-host to dinner with you, I, I will volunteer. Yeah, we may have to have like a podcast co-host team dinner we may have to i think we to should pick do that. one of the restaurants right and we'll, yeah. we'll all go out yeah i think that and then we'll good. send pictures to nathan in seattle and make him, yeah i think i actually that's definitely what we need to do that's what we need to do <laughs> all right let us move on uh the owners of steak 48 the very popular galleria area steakhouse revealed some more details on Ocean 48, the, the seafood concept they're working on, I'm not going to say they announced it because when Jeff Mastro, one of the owners of Steak 48, was on the show back in February, he said, oh, yeah, we're doing a seafood concept in Arizona. But at the time, he had not said whether it was definitely coming to Houston. Well, now we know it's definitely coming to Houston. And we definitely, we know a little bit more about kind of what they're working on. It's going to have a wood-burning grill. They're going to have more fin fish. Obviously, Steak 48 has some seafood. They have right. a salmon. They have a sea bass. They have an extensive collection of shellfish, but they're going to they're gonna kind of expand that. He said they're going to do a stuffed lobster. Yeah. That sounds really good to that me. That sounds so good. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's a funny sort of thing because we talk about, like, it seems like a new steakhouse, one or two new steakhouses open every year. We, we feel like how many more can there possibly be? And yet the new ones open and they're, they're busy. Just look at the, the crowds of people flocking into Mastro's right now or B&B Butchers a few years ago or what have you. So let me just put it to you like this. Are you excited about Ocean 48? So you know how I feel about seafood and I think that we're underserved, right? So you know I'm excited about this. I'm I'm definitely excited because I've been saying, I'm pretty people are sick of hearing me say it, we don't have enough great seafood places. So with that being said, great. Um, I expect them to be great. I mean, they do a wonderful job um, at the steakhouse. So I am very excited. I'm looking forward to it. Um, there are some great things when you talk to him that they're doing. So I would love to see how they're going to execute that with, you know, focusing mo mainly on sustainable fish and just all the interesting things that, um, that he, he talked to you about, like raising the bar, doing things that haven't been done. So when you think about seafood, you're like, well, what are they going to do? 
that's interesting in itself to me. Yeah, and and I I agree with you, right? We we saw a couple of very high profile seafood restaurants close, right? Saltair Seafood Kitchen closed, Holly's closed, Reef was damaged during the hurricane, still hasn't reopened. The, the timetable for that's a little bit squishy still. So, I mean, really, there's Starfish and there's Willie G's and maybe Danton's, and after that, like, I'm not sure where I would tell someone to go or Good Company Seafood, right? right. There's a that's sort of four right and after that like i'm not really sure where i would tell you to go right that's so there's certainly a you know a potential there and i'm not after the success that they've had with take 48 i'm not, I'm not betting against uh jeff master right 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 um location on that's tba uh i kind of threw out like hey well you know pesca closed like that's a that's a seafood restaurant that's in the gut. Like they said, they're going to stay near the Galleria. So there's, there's a possible location for you. Uh, salt air space is still vacant. As far as I know, that's a possible location for them. Uh, do you have any thoughts on kind of where you'd like to see them land? So kind of what you just said, um, I definitely would be, Oh, salt air would be great. That's a great location. Um, it's a beautiful location, plenty of parking. You know, I feel about the whole no parking thing. That's, that's a whole nother show. Um, so salt air would definitely be there, but also, you know, there's a couple of places that have closed in River Oaks district where they are. So I think that would be kind of cool for them to, you got steak 48 ocean 48. I'm pretty sure River Oaks district is pitching that to them. They would be crazy not to because, well, they do have that kind of, there's that Baltimore based Greek seafood restaurant. That's kind of very quietly working on the corner kind of next to Lake Colonial. I think that may fill the seafood spot for River Oaks district. And then the name of it escapes me, but, um, so that may, but yeah, I mean, definitely in that part of the world. Right. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Camerata. What, what's on my, what's on my list of topics? Camerata, the, the popular Montrose wine bar. Uh, owned by Polly's owner Paul Petronella mm-hmm. and managed uh, by Chris Paul Doan, uh, is expanding, and and this is something Paul's been talking about for a while. I mean, I talked to him last year when he first announced uh, the the Polly's 20th anniversary cookbook. Right. He said, "I don't think we could do Polly's somewhere else for a variety of reasons, but I would like to find the right location for another Camerata." He found it in Oak Forest. And it's going to be a hybrid between what Camerata has now, which is with the tasting bar, and an expanded retail component where you're going to be able to buy wine, cured meats, cheeses, fresh pasta made by Polly's, some other stuff. Um, I'm excited about this. I am too. And I, I like the concept. I think it's super, you know, other places... Other cities do those concepts. We don't have a lot of concepts like that in Houston. Right. Right. Not, you know, not for nothing, but we don't. And they do very well in other cities. And that concept, kind of like you said, like, um, Camarada does good. Polly's does well to put that concept together. And then they have a wonderful location. That's a great location. Yeah. In a, in a growing neighborhood right. that's still uh, underserved for restaurants and, and food retail in general. Right. So to bring in that kind of focused wine list, that that kind of smart curated wine retail, food retail. And look, I mean, this is, you said we don't have a lot of this concept in Houston, but it is becoming more popular. There's mm-hmm. Vinology on Bissonette where uh, Thomas, I'm going to mispronounce his last name. I think it's Moise? Moise? Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going to uh, go with that. From the sommelier from Divino and, and he's, uh, the owner of Davino have have that really cool wine shop with a major tasting component. Uh, David Keck, who used to work at Camerata and is now uh, part of Goodnight Hospitality, they have Goodnight Charlie's. They're opening a wine and cheese shop in Montrose. It's going to have a, a retail component. So, you know, yeah, we're seeing this right. It's smart. People like that. And then you throw one in where you're saying a growing neighborhood. People are loyal, right? Like they that's. Okay, I'm gonna go hang out, get some wine, cheese, hang out with that that's what people do. Like well, they want to do stuff in their neighborhoods. Right. And and I know personally, 
you know, it's it's one thing to walk into Houston Wine Merchant and you can ask any member of the staff there like, hey, I need this kind of wine for this kind of meal or this kind of experience. No problem. Doing that at a grocery store or at Specs or at Total Wine, uh, it's a little trickier, right. right? These big stores with these huge selections like, so that kind of curated boutique retail experience, um, you know, it's not something I don't want to buy wine online. Like unless I, you know, already, the wine you want, unless I know exactly, exactly what exactly. I want. Right. I, I want someone to help me. Yeah. And so I think just having that, that presence and, and Chris will be involved. And, uh, Tony Stein, who's one of their bartenders at Camerata is going to move over to the new location. Um, he's been with them for a while. He really knows his stuff. Uh, I think, this I, I see nothing but good things for them. I agree. I, it's an experience, right? Like that's I'm an experienced girl. I want the experience, and I think they're going to do well. I agree. I look forward to it. And then finally, uh, usually when a restaurant says it's closed for remodeling, that just means it's closed, right? <laughs> right. That's right? closed. It's never opening again. <laughs> it's never opening again. It's closed to remodel to become another restaurant. Right. But Harry's restaurant, the. Uh, Breakfast and Lunch Spot in Midtown is actually remodeling. Uh, you know, I, I talked to the owners and they, they said, look, we're, we're open almost every day. You know, maybe they close on Christmas or whatever, but they're basically open. They've been open every day for 15 years. They, they had a new building when it opened, but the time had come. Right. Time right? for a refresh. New waiting area, new floors, new paint, new bathrooms, uh, a little breakfast bar. You know, they're going to get a liquor license, you know. All these little updates to just kind of stay current. Midtown is booming, um, but they're not going to change the recipes. Still the same kind of classic, like they do kind of classic Southern food and also like some Greek food because the family's Greek. Um, are you a Harry's fan? Yeah, no, not. I'm not. Not. F- again, have you Have you been? Lo- long time ago. Okay. And I was just like, okay, right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't enough for me to, again, the whole parking issue. It wasn't enough for me to pass up all these other restaurants that I like to go to Midtown. Well, to go to so, so right. I have like a to, funny relationship because, you know, I was in a I was once in a serious relationship with a woman whose family really liked Harry's and they would okay. go to Harry's all the time. So when we split up, she got Harry's. Oh, got it. She right. Got, like, yeah. you, you know, she got Harry's. She went, breakup. She yeah. got Harry's. She got Bobby Yeager. She got a couple of other, you know, and and it's and it's fine. Like no, right. so so I haven't been to Harry's in years. Not because I think I'm likely to see her, but just because like that is a great. You know what we need to? That's a whole. Uh, that's a oh, show in a, itself. Yeah, right. Like when you, I never thought about when you break up, you have to split the restaurants and the place. I just never you don't want to do see each other. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I, I digress. Sorry. I have, <laughs> So I have not been to Harry's in a long time, but you know, I think this remodel, they're going to reopen, uh, in the middle of August. Uh, I think that's going to get me back to Harry's. I, I think I, I probably owe Harry's, uh, a fresh visit. Right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to check out the refresh, especially because they'll have a liquor license. So, yeah, you know, maybe I'll, you know, I want to see how it looks and all of that good stuff and I'll give it, I'm with you. I'll, I'll give it another try. You'll bring it back into your life. And, you know. I- right. And and let's not, you know, this is kind of the snoozification of breakfast places, right? Like right. snooze came in with breakfast every day and cocktails. No surprise that when La Peep moved locations, they got a liquor <laughs> got license, a liquor license right. and started serving booze every day. Uh, and so now Harry's is like, okay, okay, we kind of want in on that too. We want in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I think you know I think as long as they kind of continue to do what they do, food wise, because it's it's still a popular place. I mean, right. you you complain about parking by Midtown standards, they have a lot of it. Right. It's right. just that it's just that lot is always full. Right. It's exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, I think maybe may time for a, a fresh look at Harry's. Okay. So, all right, that does it for the news of the week. We will be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating. So, Felice, we have two restaurants I want to talk about this week. The first is Padna's Cajun Eatery. Padna's. Pa- you got a Padna's. I, I, no, I don't. 
I'll do it for you. But I but I'm glad that you will. Uh, this is this is the new restaurant that opened back in April May, uh, at the corner of Taft and Westheimer in what used to be Biscuit Junkie. Uh, you know, talked about seafood restaurants in the news segment. It, relatively speaking, Houston has a lot of places to get po' boys and crawfish and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I would say it's hard for a newcomer to stand out, but I've, I've been to Padna's a couple of times and I've really liked it. What do you, I, and I know no one is fussier about this stuff than you are. So <laughs> I am very fussy about it. Well, you know what? I went and the thing that I really like about it is that the owner, he is definitely a Louisiana native, like back the swamp, like he is deep in Louisiana, the roots. And so he gets it. And not only the food, so when you think about, like you said, the po'boys and the gumbos and things like that, it is not necessarily what we think about because we're used to Texas gumbo or the Texas versions of those things, right? So I love to see that he's doing it for Louisiana, right, to the point where what Jalen, one of our friends, you know, Jalen, she's a big, she eats her gumbo. A lot of people in Louisiana eat the gumbo and they put potato. They don't use, they don't do rice, they do potato salad. Yes. Right. Uh, Antoine Ware always had that at, at Harold's. Right. That was, that's, that was one of his deals. Right. Gumbo so, yaya. Right. It's a big thing. Yeah. So he didn't have it on the menu at first. I think he's maybe adding it, but it's an option, right? Like if, if that's how you want it, right. I'm like, do you, he said, oh yeah, we just don't have it on the menu yet. Right. right. So, um, but the, the fried stuff was all really, you know, the fried catfish was good. The fried shrimp po' boy was yeah. good. Uh, the crawfish are huge. They, they somehow still have them. I, this is a little late for me to be eating crawfish. Like my, my crawfish cravings are, are satisfied for the season, but I know some people just right. can't ever get enough. Right. And I talked to him about that. Like he's definitely offers some of the best crawfish in the city. Like he works directly with the guys and, um, he just wants to offer great crawfish. He's not doing what some of the other places are doing because they're popular and charging five times the amount for the crawfish that are like half the size that you can get there. I mean, I'm just saying. No, I, they're huge. Right. They're huge. <laughs> and he's not marking them up to, you know, kill everybody's pockets. So I think it's a great concept. The daiquiris are insane. They're, I haven't tried those yet. You should try them. There are lots of them. He can rotate them out, and they're like you're getting in Louisiana. So I'm just saying. Okay, so let me just ask you about the one thing. How did you feel about ordering from the screen, like having to use the touchscreen to order your food? Because I thought that was kind of cumbersome. I Well, you know what? I think it's a fast, casual concept. So... When I was there, and I don't know if they're going to continue to do this, the guy was standing there next to me so I could ask questions while I was doing the menu. But I think once they get busy, right, like how that's going to work out. But for me, I thought it was kind of fun at first just because I had someone there. Now, right? I just can't like, so I, I guess this is kind of a generational thing. I think the younger you are, the more tech savvy you are, the easier this will be. But I think like older people, like, you know, if someone's my mother's age, like, forget it. She's going to, I agree. That's not going to work for her. Right. So it's the only, you know, it's the only thing is asking people to kind of navigate that like POS system, tablet ordering without any experience. I didn't even think about that. I think that's kind of tough. Um, But I think the quality of the food is good. I thought the prices were good. Um, I want to say the day I went, it needed like a little bit more air conditioning, but I, I think they were working on that. Yeah, yeah. It was a little warm, um, so I moved to the back, right? And I think also that patio area, I think as we get closer to the fall, like, it's super cute. Like, it's a cute place, so I'm excited about it. And, again, I guess maybe I'm extra excited because it's seafood. I can get freaking gumbo that's not, like, gumbo soup or a version of it, so I'm excited. I'm just saying no shade to anybody else. All right, and then – and then we also went to uh, a restaurant out in Katy, uh, a Malaysian restaurant called Fat Eatery. Yes. Uh, Fat Eatery is part of this new Asiatown development that's popping up 
just on the north side of the intersection of the Grand Parkway and the Katy Freeway. Yes. So it's anchored by an H Mart. Uh going to be there. And then all these like bubble tea concepts. There's, all this stuff is, is going into this new development. Right. Fat Eatery is one of the first places to open. Uh, we had a pretty good lunch. It was at great. Fat Eatery. It was, I, I, I was very impressed. What were, what were the things about it that you most enjoyed? Um, so far as the food wise, I thought it was like everything that it was, it tastes extremely fresh, right? Like it was very fresh. Um, it had good seasoning. Everything was, and I'm not going to, we, and we talked about this. I'm not saying everything was my absolute favorite, but that's just preference. But I thought everything was executed very well. Yeah. We had a couple of beef dishes. We really liked that, uh, that bread, the roti the bread. Roti, oh, the you know, hands down, some of the best roti I've had in the city. Right, light and fluffy, crispy on the outside, soft in the middle. I thought that was really good. Um, what about the shrimp? The, oh yeah, those that, like fried shrimp with the kind of crust on them. I, I I wish I I should I should prep better. I should write I should write better we, notes. We wouldn't about be able to say eat. the name of the, but I wouldn't be able to say the name of that. The that's true too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that fried shrimp dish was really good. The both beef dishes were very solid. Um, it's a casual atmosphere. It's kind of, it, you know, reminded me a little bit of a ramen shop, you know, a lot of wood on the walls, a lot of, you know, wooden tables, wooden chairs. Um, you know, just a, just a good environment. Like the, if I were going to get fussy, I'd say the beer list was the beer options were kind of terrible. Um, doesn't really have a wine list to speak of yet, but you know, you're not really going there for that. Like right. you're going there for the food. For the food. The quality of the food is very good. Uh, especially if you're in Katy. I think this has got to be a really exciting addition. And I think that's probably why I'm extra excited because I grew up in Katy. I'm a Katy girl. And um, there it's Chain America. Again, everybody has to eat. Nothing wrong with chains. It's not my jam. Um, so I think I get excited when I see places like this in suburbia. Right. Because I think everyone deserves a great experience and to be able to get outside your box. So this is wonderful. This the owner is great. He's very passionate about providing really good food. That's the next thing. Right. Like he and I'm, we were I was watching him just we were eating because we had a lot of food and I'm watching him just kind of work in the restaurant and the group. He's very passionate about what he's offering and the freshness of his food and which I expect that to continue. So if you're in the area, I think everyone should check it out because the food is, the quality is. Yeah. And even the kind of the simple stuff like the chicken satay, you know, obviously we've had that dish at dozens of restaurants, you know, but good marinade, good seasoning, well-cooked, good peanut sauce, just, you know, get all the little details, right. Invest in the the time to get the quality down. I I think it, it speaks well of, of the work that they put into fat eatery. And, and I think, you know, if I, you know, am I going to make a, a 40 minute drive from Montrose right. yeah, that's to the eat there? Probably not. Uh, if I lived west of Derry Ashford, say, or, or certainly west of highway six, would it be on in a semi-regular rotation for me? I, I think that it would. Yeah, I think so too. I think, um, anyone I was talking to someone I also told him, you guys, y'all were one of the first to open <laughs> as, more places open and it gets busier, more people know, you're not going to be able to get in here because it's kind of small. And he was, they were saying the first weekend they were open, they were so busy, they ran out of food. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I just expect that to continue to happen because we, I, it was really good. All right. So that does it for Fat Eatery. Felice, before you get out of here, what's going on on Urban Swank? Glad to ask. Well, we have an event coming up. We are doing an event with Tasting Room. Max's Wine Dive is called Two Psalms and a Wine Key. Brandy Key is going to be throwing some ingredients out there. She's the wine key. You get it? Anyway, she's throwing the ingredients out there. Psalm from um, Tasting Room and Max's are going to be competing to have the best pairing. So that's July 31st, 7 o'clock at the Tasting Room Uptown Park. You can get tickets at urbanswing.com. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I will be right back with Anthony Callio. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Our interview this week is brought to you by Eighth Wonder Brewery, one of my favorite 
local breweries, conveniently located in East Downtown. It's been really fun to watch Eighth Wonder evolve from its sort of humble beginnings in a little corner of a warehouse to now a gigantic warehouse, the huge backyard that they call Wonder World, where you can go before sports games, especially with uh, soccer season and baseball season heating up. Eighth Wonder's Brewery is conveniently located uh, within walking distance. You might see my colleague Fred Fowler walking around there. I know it's a favorite spot of his. And there's always something new to try at Eighth Wonder. Like they just released their Procrastinator Session IPA, the official beer of doing nothing. They're going to have their hip hop series rolling out here in the next little bit. And, you know, you can always count on Eighth Wonder beer to be refreshing, delicious, and fresh because it's made right here locally all the time. So thank you to Eighth Wonder. And here's our interview of the week. I'm joined this week by Anthony Callio, uh, a chef I've known for a long time. Anthony, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Eric, man. Thanks for having me in today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's fancy. <laughs> it's super fancy. It is. Uh, no, I was, thinking, I was thinking this morning as I was putting my notes together, um, I, I met you like in 2012. I hadn't even been writing that long. Uh, our friend Linda Salinas was like, no, you've got to go to this truck and eat this guy's pizza. Yeah, that was... Uh, were we at Jackson's Watering Hole then, or were we at Catbird's? I think you were at Catbird's. All right, so we'd probably just moved into that, those digs. Uh, yeah, I mean, the truck, I guess, had only been open about a year then. Uh, and, I, and I have a very, very clear memory of going to <laughs> maybe the worst-tasting menu of my entire life. Uh, it went on for hours. I left hungry. And I think all of us from that tasting menu went to Catbirds and crushed like three pizzas uh, on top of the dinner that we had eaten. And I, I think that's maybe when I kind of fell in love with my pizza. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you have a clear memory of that. I do not. It's all a really big blur. It's all gone. Um, yeah, I, I, I always like to start at the beginning. I mean, you seem to have had a somewhat unlikely path into the food world. Uh, for people who don't know, you have a, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have a double bachelor's in religion and philosophy from St. Thomas? Yeah. And you have a master's in social work? Yeah. And before you got into the restaurant industry, you were working in commercial real estate? Yeah, but I mean, still kind of in the restaurant industry. I was doing tenant rep uh, work for restaurants. I mean, that's, that's kind of what did it, sort of. I mean, yeah, so, so what made you want to get from tenant rep to tenant? Uh, all right, I guess let's do the abbreviated version. Um, I mean, I, I grew up cooking. I was a latchkey kid, right, product of the 80s. So I uh, started cooking for myself. Same thing everybody does, right? Ramen noodles and uh, eventually graduated up from the microwave to the stove and then to craft macaroni and cheese and then eventually other stuff, right? And I've always enjoyed cooking for people like that. And then, um, you know, I, I paid my way through college and grad school doing pizza um and then you know you worked at late night pie as i recall uh yeah i mean i worked at papa john's i started at papa john's uh in 1998 i guess uh but i mean i worked at papa john's i worked at star i worked at late night pie both of them uh worked at pinks um and so you know i i i did social work for I got the social work degree because I was already kind of doing social work. I started an agency with a friend of mine when we were about 19. I ran that until I was about 25 and then just couldn't do it anymore. And it was, it was, I thought I was tougher than the world and the world laughed at me and showed me that I was wrong. So uh, I went out and got the most vacuous, meaningless job I could find where I didn't have to worry about, you know, if I did my job wrong, would someone grow up to be like a pattern excitation rapist or like a junkie right i mean that's intense so uh ended up doing real estate and um maybe you read about that thing that market crash thing that happened in like 2008 2007 i, uh, I might recall something yeah something i'm sure everybody probably remembers that somewhat I lost a lot of money um when that happened and uh you know i not much for pride like if i got bills i'll work i don't care if it's bar backing or digging a ditch or roofing or delivering pizza. So I went back to delivering pizza in the middle of the night and, uh, um, first at pinks. And then, and then I thought it was okay. And I 
dropped that job. Turns out it really wasn't okay. So I went and got on at Late Night Pie when it was reopened. And being there, um, you know, I remembered like how much I really liked doing it and how kind of good at it I was. And so, I mean, that place was open just because it was a smart idea. Uh, you know, they. Yeah, I mean, it it didn't end well at Late Night Pie, but there was a hot minute there when it was really cool. And, yeah. the, and the food was really good, and you could go get, I, I don't know why I remember the name Stanky Horror, but like you could, you know, yeah. cool craft beer, good pizza, super late at night. It, it definitely had a moment. Yeah, it did. And, and you know, they those, the people who were doing it really didn't know what the hell they were doing. And at that point, you know, I had uh, 10 years experience in pizza, you know, and uh, – and I approached him. I was like, "Hey, man! Like, why don't you let me? Why, why don't you let me buy in? Like, I'll, my, you know, let me buy up to, th- like, let me let me get in for like thirty percent of this company. Uh, you know, my my buy in will be basically I'll redo the menu, I'll redo the way we make all the food, and um, you know, I'll I'll improve the kitchen. Right? It'll be a that that that'll be my buy in and give me the right to buy up to forty nine percent. And I'm you know I mean I'm almost forty now, and I still don't really look my age at twenty eight I really didn't look my age and uh they just you know I guess because I was a driver for them and whatever they just wouldn't take me seriously so finally I got fed up and was like you know what what you have I can get and what I have you'll never get so uh colorful language right deuces deuces mother trucker yeah like bye I'm out like good luck and decided like then you know I was probably 28 Decided that I'd have a pizza place by the time I was 35. And uh, uh, the truck happened on a whim. Um, and, you know, uh, I took two runs at, at places like brick and mortars that didn't work out. I'm really glad it didn't. I would have got my ass handed to me. Um, one day I, you know, got a wild hair and Googled pizza truck for sale. And the second thing I clicked on is what I ended up buying. It was up in Long Island, New York. Got it shipped down here, and October twenty second or twenty third, twenty second of two thousand eleven was Pie Pizza's first day of service, and uh, here we are now in your studio. <laughs> I mean, but but Pie Pizza, in some ways, you know, you you did some really creative stuff, you know, and you didn't you didn't necessarily cater to people's expectations about what should or shouldn't be on pizza. You didn't do pepperoni. You didn't do plain, you know, you did soprasada. You didn't do plain cheese. You did, you know, uh, venison sausage and cherry. You did mac and cheese on pizza. You did eggs on pizza. I mean, you, you, you definitely, you definitely brought a creative perspective that I don't think Houston had had before that. I mean, you know, the, the thing, the thing about it, the way I approached it, um, was not like, not hacky, you know, not like just say, hey, what, what weird thing can I put on this and convince you to pay me money for it? I mean, the goal was right, was to, well, I mean that that's the 420 <clears throat> slice, but right. Yeah, I know. I mean, that was a joke. It was never supposed to be a thing. And then it turned into a thing and it's my Frankenstein. I wish I could kill it. I mean, I did kill it. It's dead. It'll never <laughs> show up again ever in a million years, but it, it, it died a long, it took a long time to die. Um, people still talk about it. Um, hurts my feelings. Uh, <laughs> Cause it was, it was just fucking it's tacky, man. But people love it. Um, no, no, like uh, you know, it took me a long time to f- kind of figure out how to explain to people um, what I was trying to do and what we were trying to do with things. And you know, I, I kind of figured out like, right, it's, it's it's ingredients, not toppings, right? And what that means is, you know, most pizza places you, you go it, prep really mostly involves maybe cutting some fresh onions and, and fresh bell peppers and then opening a lot of bags. Um, we never opened bags. I mean, the reason, like, like take the fried chicken pizza, right? Or, or that Thanksgiving pizza that we did. Um, that was right before I left pie. Uh, you know, that, that was Thanksgiving dinner on a pizza. I mean, we roasted whole turkeys in the pizza oven, which I was surprised you could do, but we figured it out. And then, you know, we took those, broke them down, took the bones out, made stock, made turkey stock out of the bones, used that stock to make, you know, turkey gravy for the sauce for the pizza, use that stock to make the apple bacon, uh, green apple bacon stuffing, you know, and put on top of the pizza. We took that turkey, we, you know, broke it up, put it on the pizza. Um, then we took cranberries and macerated, pickled them 
and then macerated them and, you know, top those on there and then dehydrated shallots and fry them. You, you know, I mean, it's, I'm saying it's a lot of work. It's right? a lot of labor for, yeah, for, for a slice a of pizza. pizza. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is the reason why like stuff like that or like the fried chicken pizza that we did or the, you know, chicken fried steak pizza or, or that, I mean, any of those, right. The, the reason why like stuff like that works is because we're actually making it. Like I could take that stuff off of a pizza, not break it down, put it on a plate and it would still be a good chicken, like fried chicken dinner. It would still be a good Thanksgiving day plate of food. You know what I mean? Right. If I got sliced roasted turkey with green apple stuffing and fresh made gravy and, and cranberry sauce, sauce. I'd, I'd feel really good about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's why that stuff works, right? It's because, I mean, we, we, like, we cook all that food. We prep all that food. Like, we prep it to serve it as an entree, but then think of a way to break it up and put it on top of a pizza and bake it in a way that it won't kill it and then, you know, feed it to you. I mean, that's, you know, that's what, that's... Like, right, like, I'm not a professionally trained cook, right? I, I was lucky enough to share kitchen space in the beginning with Pi when it was a truck with people who were a lot more talented than me and who were nice enough to take me under their wing and be like, what, what are you doing? Don't do, don't do that. Don't, what are you, stop, just stop. No, no, don't, don't do that. It's like, stop it. You're hurting, like, stop. Just do this instead. Please. Right, uh, right. Jason Hill kind of. Yeah, Jason Hill, um, uh, Maddie, uh, Jason and Matt from H Town Streets, uh, Justin Turner from Bernie's Burger Bus, uh, believe it or not, Miss Becky Mason from Fluff Bake Bar, uh, um, Sarah from Fat Cat Creamery, uh, um, Austin Young, formerly of Yaki Snack Attacks, uh, the great Philip Spear, uh, he's up in Austin now. I mean, you know, I, I was lucky enough to learn something from all those people and uh, all those all those people and a bunch more that I, I'm not remembering right now. Right. Did you work with LJ at all? Was that Oh yeah. God, I'm such a dick. Yeah, uh LJ Wiley especially. Um uh he's down in Peru now with his wife. Uh, yeah, but he had Yalapa yeah, he, in Richmond that was like very briefly one of the coolest Mexican but, restaurants in Houston. Yeah, I mean his ceviche was the coolest thing. I mean the only thing I've ever had that comes closer is maybe a little better. Sorry, LJ. Um, was, you know, Jean-Philippe when he had Cove. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's, I, there still is nothing like it to this day, either one of those concepts in this town. Um, LJ was very – he actually – I met him as a client. I co-called him at Yalapa, and that's kind of when Pi was getting on its feet. And, you know, I'd show up at the back door of his kitchen at, like, 1030 at night with pizza I'd made at home and be like, hey, eat this. Does this suck? Like, what do you think of this? Like – how do you do this? Like, how do you do that? Um, but you know, he was, he was very much a mentor to me in that, um, uh, chef Adam Doris from PAX. And now he has Presidio also like very, very, uh, influential to me, which is a funny story. We'll talk about that. In yeah. A yeah no, bit. We're coming to that. For yeah, sure. I know. Um, and then, you know, Philippe Gaston, uh, all the, all those folks, right. I mean, I, I, it took me a while to figure out what the hell I was doing and, you know, the truck and the menu changing all the time was really helpful in me learning how to actually be a cook, right? To learn how to, how to do things. Um, and by the time the restaurant opened up, I'd been making most of that food for six years. You know what I mean? Um, like I kind of hate it. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I mean, it's good. Right. 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 You're, you're like a band that has to play the radio hits every day. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, like, I'm sure the Rolling Stones really was stoked about Jumping Jack Flash when they wrote it, but I'm pretty sure they're not like, oh, you know what? I love this song. Every night we play it, I'm like, it's great. No, Mick, Mick, come on. Do, 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 do the Flash. Do the Flash. Do it at the end. It's the encore. It's what we got to do. I promise you that's not what they say. Um, I also don't think I'm the Rolling Stones of pizza. Don't get me wrong. It's just the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I've been making that food for like six years, and um, – uh, it, it's, it's what I wanted to do then. And it's something that I had to say, you know, and I said it, but I'd, I'd really like to do m more than that. I'd really like to, you know, sh show people that, uh, I, I have other things to feed them that isn't like Thanksgiving dinner on a pizza. All right. We're going to, we're going to come to that too. Yeah. We're going to tease that for, we're going to put a pin in that for just a second. Um, because I do think a lot of people were surprised when you left Pi. I'm sure they were. Um, I was surprised. <laughs> I I have no I have no compunction about admitting that I am one of those people. Um, and mean, a lot of people kind of want to know what happened. I mean, I was I was pretty surprised too. Eric. Yeah. Um, uh, 
you know, um, uh, stuff and things. Uh, I know there's there's like the answer you want to give, and then there's well, I mean, you remember that there's a giant microphone in front of your face. Yeah, no, uh, I mean it is a pretty big microphone actually. Um, it's on. A, you guys can't see this because this is radio, but it's on a little swivel thing. It's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it, you know, I talked to you about that in in that interview we did, you know, in writing, and I yes. mean, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm gonna say pretty much the same thing. Uh, it's just it's a matter of direction, um, and and personality. Uh, obviously I have, you've met me, I have strong opinions in general. Um, I definitely have very strong opinions about that concept because, you know, I kind of invented it and stuff and pretty successfully ran it for six years and turned it into something. So I, I tend to believe, I mean, I tend to think that I kind of know what's best for it. Um, and sometimes people don't want to listen or hear what's maybe best for it or um you know or you just have different opinions different views of where things should go and uh it got you know it got to the point where i just you know that wasn't um that wasn't a thing that was gonna gonna go my way like the way i thought it should go ish all right so you you kind of took a break and then you Started doing some pop-ups as the hipster-esque concession stand. Um, but now you're at Lady Birds. Yeah. Uh, and how did that, how did you come to develop that relationship with, with Adam Doris to where that was the right next step for you? Well, um, I mean, Adam, the gentleman that owns uh, Lady Birds is, uh, you know, um, a partner with Adam and... Um, Basically, what happened is the day after I left Pi, uh, that was a Friday, January fifth, I guess. Uh, I was riding around uh, in the car with my mom, and uh, she's like, "Well, where do you want to eat?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't want to eat anything." Um, and the uh, this ad popped up on Facebook, and my phone was a suggested post for a fish sandwich they were doing at Presidio. And I was like, I want to eat that. I still haven't been there. You know, I mean, Adam's a good friend of mine and has been a mentor to me. You know, we've known each other now, I guess, for maybe four years, three or four years uh, before Pi opened. Um, I used to live right down the street from PAX when he was still at PAX. I was like, hey, chef, can I, can I come by and talk to you? He's like, yeah, man, what about? And I was like, I don't really know exactly, but <laughs> can I just like come chat with you a little bit? And, uh, you know, I talked to him a lot before the restaurant opened about what I was trying to do and if he had any advice and he did he took a day and chopped it up with me gave me some stuff to read gave me some stuff to think about anyway uh we go into presidio that friday and i sit down at the bar and uh he's you know kind of getting ready for service and he sees me comes over he's like hey chef how you doing and i was like well it's friday at three o'clock and i'm sitting at your bar drinking japanese whiskey with my mom so there's that and my <laughs> right right i should be <clears throat> probably prepping for dinner but yeah, i'm not yeah. so and, you know, my mom's sitting behind me looking at him and just being like, no, shh, don't, 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 shh. And, and he was like, well, what's up? And I was like, he's like, I, you know, I heard some things. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, wait, what? I didn't hear that. Like, excuse me? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm Audi 5. I'm done. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. He's like, well, what do you think about this? <clears throat> and he pitches me this idea. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, I, the next Tuesday, so, I mean, whatever that is, probably the 9th, I go to Presidio after they're winding down service. I sit with him on the back patio and he pitches me this deal. He's like, hey, this guy I know that's involved here with me wants me to reconcept this place and I don't really have it in me right now. Like with the year I've had, Presidio's just getting on its feet, you know. Right, young daughter. <clears throat> right. You know, growing family, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, his father passed away. Like right. it, was a, it, was a, it was a year. And he's like, I don't, I don't have it in me, you know, but like, would you want to do this? with me and I was like uh yeah I think I would why don't we uh, talk about that some and so that's what we've been doing you know um that deal's been working since January 5th and you know it's it was very serendipitous how it all turned out um you know if you would have told me four years ago that I'd be working with Adam on something I would have told you that you were crazy um so that that's been super cool for me and um and and we should say I mean you're doing kind of what you do right which is 
food that's smarter than you expect it to be out of a food truck in the Ladybird's parking lot. Uh, <clears throat> you're doing a smoked turkey sandwich. You're doing one of the better patty melts I've ever had. I mean, you, you're doing some cool stuff there. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it is. I mean, the way that happened, right, is I was doing all these pop-ups everywhere I could, um, wrecking myself. And, uh, you know, the gentleman that owns Ladybirds, I was like, you know, he's uh, working on us. He's a, he's a partner in this deal for what we're working on now. He's like, hey, man, would you want to come to Ladybirds, you know, maybe get like a little more study of a check, not have to like run around all over the place as much. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know what you want me to do. Fewer sternos involved. <clears throat> right. Sort of thing. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know what you want me to do, but sure. So I show up and he's like, well, you know, like the food truck, you know how to run one of those. Like, and I was like, okay, I watched it for a day and I was like, all right, I can definitely help. I can make this more efficient. We can streamline this. Some of this food is not good. We can rework some recipes, you know. And then the three days later, uh, we had an owner meeting and decided just to nuke the whole menu and start fresh. So, uh, you know, usually to do that, I'd be like, well, let's shut down for three days and then reopen. We did not do that. Um, we just, I just wrote a menu, a new menu every day until we ran through all the product we had so we didn't have to throw anything away. And in rewriting that menu every day, we came up to what we have now. I mean, excuse me, the menu's been solidified pretty much for the last two months. Um, we added brunch three weeks ago. Uh, this last Sunday, I think, was our third brunch we've done. Um, you know, we do a anti-steak night on Tuesdays, so we do fried chicken dinner instead of steak. Um, and, uh, you know, just try and, I mean, it's bar food, right? Like, it, like, it, it's a bar. So, a, you know, we sell nachos. It, right. It needs to be fatty, salty, eat with your hands. Shareable. All of, right. All right. of those things. And so, you know, I mean, I, when I rewrote the menu, I really didn't want to put nachos on it because I was like, well, that's all people are going to order. They're not going to order this turkey sandwich that we spend like, you know, nine hours making <laughs> uh but they do like that turkey sandwich is probably like the third best like the third highest thing we sell um not well, and and let me just say for anyone who's listening to this go to ladybirds and order the turkeys don't get the nachos get the fucking turkey sandwich. Yeah. i mean that but like you know the nachos like that i mean they're nachos but they're good like we yeah we you know we they've got pork on them like our housemate queso is dope the pork on them, uh, you know, we we dry rub it, roast it for 15 hours, take the fat cap off, take the bone off, pull it in its fat, then take it in the fat and kind of confit it, but not really. We throw it in the smoker for like two and a half hours in it. Like, you know, it's a 16-hour prep item. It's delicious, but it's, you know, it's still nachos. Like, there's a lot of things I want to do that aren't nachos, but, you know, I can't do them there. Uh, but I'm proud of what we've done. You know, food sales are up. People really enjoy the food. You know, I get what I like to hear often that, you know, holy shit, this is better than I thought it was going to be. Like, wow, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, thanks. We're, we're trying. And and we should say Lady Birds has a surprisingly sophisticated cocktail program because Mike Riojas is there. Yeah. And he's quietly probably one of the 10 best bartenders in Houston. Yeah, no, Mike, um, Mike's super talented. I've known him uh, for a long time. Uh and he was at Beavers. He was with Good Company for a while. I mean, Mike, Mike's really good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, he's a beast. Like that dude's a beast. His drinks are good. The cocktail program is is super sneaky. I mean, as a bar, right? Like, uh, you know, it's got a huge patio in the front. The inside is spacious too. Like, it's got a huge patio. It's got a side patio. Um, it's got parking. <laughs> yeah, it's especially for. Uh, Washington Avenue inside the loop standards, it's got a lot of parts. Yeah, I mean, it's super close to the corridor, but because we're there on T.C. Jester, right? So it's 5519 Allen Street. It's on T.C. Jester, just the south side of the railroad tracks. Like, it's right there on the corner. Um, Come by, see us, eat some food. Anyway, uh, you know, it's, I I really, I'm having a good time working with those folks and working with the crew there. They've got a great staff. Um, You know, I've got a great kitchen staff. I've got some people that worked with me at Pi back in the day. Um, in that kitchen, I'm getting ready to, one of the dudes that worked with me at Pi, I'm getting ready to hand off the program to him. Uh, cause right. That was never the goal for me to stay there. It's uh, come in, improve this, get it running, hand it off, go work on the next thing. Right. So that brings me to the next thing. Yeah. So the next thing, right. Is, um, that, you know, what, what Adam approached me with back in January and, uh, stoked finally get to talk about it. 
out loud to in a way that people will listen. Um, we are uh, taking over and reconcepting the Brooklyn Athletic Club space on Richmond, uh, right across from D and Q Beer Station, uh, and uh, that's the corner of Richmond and Jack Street. It's just after Chipotlepec. Um Right, right there where, right there where uh, the fifty nine. Yeah, right Spur at the Spurn Richmond, and um, you know it's a great space. It's got great bones. Uh, the you know they're gonna redo the bar. I'm gonna do the food for it, um, and uh, there will be pizza. Um, you know the the way the rest of the menu is gonna shake out is really gonna be determined by what we can really get out of that kitchen space because that that kitchen is so small, but. With the remodel, um, you know, we've talked about it a couple of different ways now. And I think we're getting to a point where we will actually have, you know, almost the size of a kitchen I had at Pi. And I, and I mean, that, that menu was too big. Like, that was the first time I ever wrote a menu for a restaurant. And I was really excited about doing it. And no one was like, there was no one there to be like, hey, maybe you should calm down a little bit. Like... All maybe, the prep for all of these pizzas is going to kill you. Yeah, don't like, do that. Like, like maybe chill out. Like, come on, buddy. Um, so you know, I've I've learned from that one, and Adam and I have talked about the food a lot, and so well, and and Presidio has a pretty tidy little menu, right? Yeah, it, it changes some, but it's it's pretty short. I mean, Adam does. You know, one of the things I love about Adam's food is he does way more jazz than uh, you know, symphony, right? I mean, because, right. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people may or may not know this, but the way he sources ingredients is, um, you know, super what's around. Yeah, there are, I, I mean, quiet, well, I don't know if quietly or not so quietly, but if you ask farmers, like, who buys from you, they always say Presidio, Adam Doris, whatever. Like, yeah. Or when he was at PAX, it was PAX, PAX, you know. Very few people buy more local ingredients than Adam does. Yeah, I know. And, and, and that's what I've never really gotten to do that. I've never really been given an avenue to do that. And, you know, working with him on this project is so exciting to me because he's a phenomenal chef. And, uh, you know, he's forgotten more than I've learned at this point in my career. So g- getting to do that at this, this new venture we're going on, getting to work with him in that way and learning how to buy product that way is something I'm really looking forward to and like really looking forward to feeding people. So, so you have a vision that it's going to be some pizza and some other stuff. Can we say what, like 15, 20 items probably? No, way smaller. Like okay. Nine items is like what I'm four pizzas and four not pizzas or uh, something like that. I mean, let's pretend in a made up universe that this is actually what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Cause it ain't right. No battle plan no matter how well laid survives first contact with the enemy. I'm not calling you the customer of the enemy. I'm just a, it's just, I mean, you are a little bit, but that's it's fine. A figure, it's a figure of speech. Um, right. Uh, you know, I'm think probably it looks like one salad, two or three other items that could be a wing or a sandwich or an arancini or a something, um, uh, four to five pizzas, and then, uh, you know, I'd really like to do an antipasto plate. Because, I mean, right, that's, it's, antipasto is just an Italian version of a meat and cheese board, but a little more involved. And uh, the question I've been asking myself lately over the last three days is, like, how do you do an antipasto plate, but exceptionally? Like, exceptionally. Um, I don't know if I have an answer to that, but I've got some theories. And, well, right. the, the only way to find out is to try. Right, right, yeah. And so, I mean, that's something I'm really into the idea of. Because, I mean, that space is so big, Right. And it's a lot of seating. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 doing some rearranging of some things to make it a little more manageable and I think more enjoyable um, for for our guests. But yes, m- more shade is always good. Yeah, right. Uh, absolutely, it's it's uh it's Houston, right? It's hot and sticky. Um, but you know, I, I, the food there, I think it's important that it it revolves around um, sharing, like dishes that are very shareable, that are very communal. Um, because of how this space is laid out and because it's so big. Uh, I think that's really kind of what, you know, what, what people will be looking for when they come there. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be super fun, super cool, super casual environment. And the fun will be super cool and super fun, but I'm not so sure about how casual exactly. So when roughly do you expect to 
throw open the doors to this new monster? That is a great question, buddy. I got, I got nothing. Um, I mean, by the end of the year, uh, yeah, should be. You know, maybe. Okay. Uh, and then do you have a name for it? Uh, yeah, I sort of. It's a little complicated, but I mean, it's not going to be pie pizza. No, no, it is not. Just, just, just because I know people. If I didn't ask you, somebody would be like, "Well, what's it going to?" Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I mean, I'll say this: like, you know, we're kind of we're kind of teasing it, and I mean, we're not being cagey on purpose, right? It's just things happen, and uh, you know, the last thing I want to do is, uh, or any of us want to do, really, is you know, promise you something, tell you something. Say this is what it's going to be, and then you know everything's pretty organic and in flux, right? So something changes, and then, well, you know, I, I set this expectation having said something, and, and end up you know putting something else out there. Uh, I just it seems imprudent to me. But I will tell you if if you know if you follow Presidio or myself or Ladybirds or uh, you know on social media, like there are hints out there. It's around, like you can. Yes, the name is out there. Yeah. Or a version of the name. Yeah, it's around. I mean, the first the first round of stuff we'll be doing for the new restaurant is going to be next Monday, a week from today. It's um, July 23rd at Presidio. They're closed on Mondays. So we're going to start doing Speakeasy Mondays. We're calling them Magic Mondays. Uh, Michael Riojas, uh, right, beverage director for what we're doing. Uh, he will be doing the bar at our new place with me and Adam also. Um, he'll be doing some drinks. Uh, I will have the old pizza truck out there. Uh, doing uh, back from the dead. Yeah, doing. I mean, that's the hard part about doing pizza, right? Like you got to have an oven. So I luckily have one. It's just on some wheels. So we're gonna pull that guy out and uh, make some pizzas that we've been uh, working on on paper. Uh, I actually start working on them not on paper today. When I leave here, I'm gonna stop by Central Market and spend too much money for stuff and uh, go tinker. But uh, you know, I mean, it's gonna be. I'm real excited about it. I mean, there's gonna be a new dough recipe. Uh, probably two kinds of dough, um, and it'll be it'll be the food that I've really wanted to serve people for the last year and a half year, but just haven't really been able to. I mean, it's not, you know, there's not going to be any ranch. There won't be any mac and cheese. Like there won't. It's uh, but it'll it'll be real delicious. Like it won't be boring. Um, and people can follow that Ladybirds Bar on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram it's at Ladybirds Bar. Your pizza and Underscore and underscore chaos. No, right? it's just pizza and chaos, one word. Oh, pizza and chaos, yeah, all pizza one Pizza and word. chaos, one word. And then Presidio is Presidio HTX, P-R-E-S-I-D-I-O HTX. Um, give us all a follow. Uh, that's really the best way to uh, check out what we're doing. Um, you know, the link for the event Monday is on all those pages. And I'll, I'll put it in the Culture Map article yeah. that accompanies this podcast. Um, Anthony, I, I mean, this is really everything I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, unless you have something else to add. Um, I mean, I'm pretty verbose. I talk to a, I just talk to this microphone if nobody was in here just to hear myself talk. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, it's been a, it's, it's been a pretty interesting eight months, nine months. Uh, it's been, uh, very chock full of lots of learning. How about that? There's been enough. a lot of, a lot of lessons, uh, good and bad. Um, it's been pretty rough at times. Uh, I'm excited what we're doing right now. I'm really excited about what's on the horizon. It's a little maddening sometimes because there's all this potential and not a ton of actualization yet. So it leaves you just kind of vibrating in your skin, like waiting right. to waiting to go. But well, 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 I will say as someone who lives off of Richmond in Montrose, uh, like maybe a traffic light or two away from where your location will be. I, I'm deeply excited about having you back in the neighborhood uh, and very much looking forward to trying the new restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, like sh- the, the chef title in me have always been kind of weird. Uh, I, I had a lot of personal hang up bullshit with it because, you know, I'm self-taught and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, I finally uh, have left a restaurant to start a new one. So I feel like I feel like that was like. You know, my last, my last. Uh, yeah, that's like you get every 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 last, chef in Houston has to like check that box, right? Like, you know, I got I got mine. I got I got I got my check mark on that on that to do list. But like I said, what we're gonna do is is gonna be the same kind of stuff 
that I, I I've always cooked. Just I mean, you came to that glitter pop up. I think would you go to the glitter pop up? I did. Uh, no, I did not. All I right. saw the menu. I didn't. Make. Yeah, I mean the menu. That menu is a little more like kind of what we're going for. I mean, it's still fun. It's accessible. It's really good, but it's it's a little more ingredient driven and has a little more you know finesse to it. There you go. Right? A little more aikido, less uh, street brawling. <laughs> right. Uh, all right well i always like to uh end these interviews with what i call the lightning round oh five easy questions five short answers have you met me let's go all right say that just say the first thing that comes to your head oh anthony what's your favorite ingredient oh um right now acid uh as in as in vinegars guys and citrus not not i'm not gonna lemon juice yeah uh what's the first band you ever saw in concert uh, Metallica and Justice for All Tour 1989 at the Summit. Nice. What's your fast food guilty pleasure that comes from a restaurant with a drive through Taco Bell all day. Who's your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Don't have one. I don't do sports. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to get a taco other than where you make them? Um, <sighs> Tierras Calientes or Guadalupana or, yeah, I mean, what? It's Houston, Eric. There isn't one. No, I, that's why I don't say what's the best. I say what's your yeah, favorite. Yeah, I mean, probably the El Pastor at Tierras Calientes is pretty close to always there. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. Thanks, man. Those weren't as bad as I was. Uh, oof. <laughs> that was scary. Um, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at E. Sandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.